The Guaranteed Irish Business Podcast with Breed O'Connell. Guaranteed Irish is a national organisation that supports all businesses based in Ireland that sustain jobs, communities and provenance. It is denoted by the iconic G symbol that has been around for almost 50 years now. The national symbol of trust for businesses and consumers, it identifies products and services that are an altogether better choice for the life of our communities and indeed Ireland. Hi there, I'm Breed O'Connell and joining me today is Chupi Sweetman of Chupi Jewellery, founder and CEO of Chupi Jewellery based in Paris Court, Dublin. Chupi, you're very welcome. Delighted to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Brie. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Chupi, uh, a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago at this stage, I came across your jewellery and I thought that is really unique. It's quite special and I'm wondering who made it. Didn't know you at all. And I thought that jewellery, there's a real market for it. It was an ideally placed, uniquely positioned piece of product. Now, in the meantime, we have 60 employees going to 70 countries. You've got to tell us the backstory. Yeah, it sounds, I always think those numbers sound so gorgeous when you talk about them in isolation. So Tupi is now, as you say, 60 brilliant people on the team across the UK and Ireland. We're selling into 70 countries around the world. But really, it started with an idea. And so I was thinking about this today, Breed, and what we wanted to talk about. And so much of Guaranteed Irish, of the celebration of Ireland, for me, really started back in 2010, 2011, at the end of, in the depths of the recession, of the misery of um, Mm -hmm. the financial crash. And my husband and I were looking at the, you know, so many of our friends were choosing to leave Ireland, were thinking about futures abroad, had, you know, listening to those words, we all partied. And I think for me, Back then, I really thought about what did Ireland mean to me? What did it look like? What did it feel like? The magic of Ireland, the storytelling, the heritage, the beauty, the technology. Ireland's got so much to offer. And so nearly 10 years ago, we started Chupi, thinking about that marriage again of of technology. We were a beautiful tech-enabled play for Chupi. We've augmented reality, machine learning that we bring to play in order to be able to do what we do, which is diamonds better. The storytelling, telling the story of Ireland, of where we've made something, of sustainability, and then heritage. That idea, Ireland is steeped in heritage and story. And so over the last 10 years, we've built Chupi from a spare room into uh, the big global brand it is now. And it's been, an, it's been a, a roller coaster, but a brilliant one I'm grateful to have been on. Well, uh, said beautifully, uh, Chupi, tell me your products and your products line for the listeners. So, Chupi, we make diamonds. So we make pieces of the future, the rings that mark the most important moments in your life. So your engagement ring, your wedding ring, the piece you get to celebrate your best friend on her birthday. So we would say we're in the business of hope. So from love, hope and everything in between. It's a it's a glorious thing to get to do. Now, sustainability is a founding part of your business. Tell us about the diamonds, the sustainability story associated with it. I always think it's interesting that we sometimes think of sustainability as being a checkbox, something we have to take at the end of a corporate social responsibility statement. But actually, it should be part of everything we do. So when we built GP, we put sustainability right at its core. So that's the way we do business, who we do business with. It's what we make. The diamond industry is ripe for disruption. So we use 100% recycled gold. 80% of the 55,000 diamonds we used last year were recycled. We look at lab-grown diamonds. So we're partnered with amazing laboratories in California that are growing diamonds from a natural diamond seed for us, and they're carbon neutral. So it's just meant that we've made, we make choices every day in the business about doing things right. And I think, um, I often think it's an interesting one. Sometimes we think about, you know, ethics and sustainability being separate from running a good business. 
But actually at Chupi, we make everything in Ireland. So those pieces that went to 70 countries last year, um, every single one of them was made in Ireland within 100 kilometers of our headquarters in Dublin. And that was a sustainable choice we made. But actually, as it turns out, it was also the right business choice because it means that, look, supply chains have challenged all of us mm. last year. But because we make locally, because we're made here and made with love, it meant we can we could make and fulfill our customers' pieces. Not with ease, but we could do it. Well done. Um I can feel the not just the positivity, but the founding principles that you truly believe in coming through on your business. And I can see it when I see the product. I do have to question you about growing diamonds in a lab. Now, everybody's ears have picked up here. So talk to me a little bit about that. Give us the science. So I would say at GP, we work in the diamonds of the future. So we're thinking about the moments you want to wear them, changing, you know, there's a whole generation of women who are buying their own diamonds now, no longer waiting just to be given, but choosing the moments they want to celebrate, graduation, celebration. Of course. And if we're doing that, we have to think about what, what we're bringing to the table. So we can buy a huge amount of our diamonds recycled. That's really exciting. But there's also sometimes... There's, an, uh, there's a huge appetite for something more within our team, within our customers, within our clients. So you can grow a diamond from a seed of a natural diamond. So you take a seed of, an, of a mined diamond and it's subjected to the same light, heat and power as a mined diamond would have been at the base of a volcano nearly a, um, a million years ago. And from that, you get a lab-grown diamond. I did not know that. I did not know that. That's fantastic. So, so I can, you can grow a nice big diamond for me there, Chupi, out of something very small. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And what what makes it so exciting is it's, you know, think about the ethics of diamond mining. Think about sustainability because we can grow these carbon, carbon neutral diamonds. And it means that it takes something that's traditionally been a challenging industry that hasn't really thought about what it does and why it does it. Uh That it's just been focused on the end goal and makes it revolutionary. So although today, lab-grown diamonds are just a part of our portfolio. So we have classic diamonds, we have grey diamonds and lab-grown diamonds. They sit in there amongst the mix. They are the future. I think in 20, 30 years time when our daughters are wearing their diamond rings, lab-grown diamonds are going to be their first choice. Oh, wow. I'm really impressed with that. Um, Apart from the fact of the sustainable story, but the shift, I suppose, and matching it with the mindset of the younger generation. I hate to use that phrase, but um, that's that's it's really the way it's going. In terms then of does that completely counteract the whole story, which none of us like to be associated in the blood, the blood diamonds business? So it's really like, I think it's one of the big things we need to consider when we consider industries that need to change. Mm. And there are many of them, like we Mm. talk about fuel, about heat, and we talk about diamonds and fashion. And we have to look at them and go, how are we going to do this better? It's our job not to pretend it doesn't exist, but go, okay, it needs to be solved. So there are amazing mines that we partner with that are, we can look at provenance coming from, we can meet the miners, meet the mine the, the mine space, see what they're doing in terms of their responsibility pro- 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 programs. And so there's loads of amazing opportunities there. But I think what's exciting with LabGrown is it is so unbelievably clean and so unbelievably ethical and so unbelievably sustainable and environmentally sound that it offers a solution to what's always been a problem, what's always been a challenging industry. That said, there's still amazing certification and things we work with when we look at our more traditional diamonds. Of course. And Chupi then, you must have huge um, influencers. I mean, I've seen loads of them uh, working and promoting your brand. How have you found that route to market to make your product so successful? 
I think, yeah, I actually love the idea of influencer marketing. When you say it out loud, it sounds like, oh, it's a pretty girl in a pretty dress taking a pretty picture. But actually, influencer marketing is far more powerful. It's your best friend recommending something. Yes, so yeah. it's power of social recommendation. So instead of, you know, you're thinking about, okay, oh, I want to switch my, I want to go and get like, I want to bring in a builder. You don't go onto the, round, into the internet and Google where you're going to get a builder. You ask a friend. You're going to switch your hair salon. You ask a friend. You're going to, your personal rec- power recommendation, you're switching your lawyer. You ask a friend. And what influencers have done, what social media has done, it's expanded our group, of our network. It's expanded the people we trust. And so good influencer marketing is someone you trust saying, I love this brand. I love these diamonds. I love what they stand behind. I love their why. And so for us, it's been a really, really powerful channel. I would say in general, it can, you know, it doesn't have an amazing reputation. Influencer marketing can easily be dismissed, um, but it's a huge opportunity. I'm, I'm conscious, of course, our audience are going to be gorgeous Irish brands. Some of our audience are going to be gorgeous Irish brands who are thinking about their future and how they're going to expand their businesses. And there are phenomenal, not only influencers in Ireland, but a global network of people who are really passionate about the things that we as Irish brands believe in. And so it's just alignment. It's finding the right people to work with. I agree with you. And there's definitely a wave and a movement of Irish design um, producers who are coming through now at a global level and they are making a name for themselves. And I'm you know, delighted that we represent a lot of them in Guaranteed Irish. I want to ask you about you, Chupi, because you are amazing. You're so successful. You're so nice. You're so down to earth. You're part of the brand. You live the brand yourself. Your name, Chupi, is the brand. The name in itself is an interesting one. Tell us how you got to be where you are right now. Tell us the backstory to Chupi. Oh, Breed, I, I thoroughly hated my name. I hated it when I was 13. So my mum and dad, um, my dad's an economist and my mum's a writer. So my mum is actually one of the founding members of the Irish women's movement. So the 13 women who um, ran the contraception train and burned their bras. Oh, and, and of course. Yeah, what's so hard for all of us for, for, for rights and for equality. So I, I always credit mum with that like burning passion for better that she gave us. And then, of course, dad for the, the economics piece and that scaling and growing that I've really loved doing with Chupi. So when I think back to 13, so my parents had worked out in Central America speaking Spanish and Chupi means baby. All right. So imagine being 13, growing up in Wicklow, being called baby. I, I wasn't wildly impressed, but uh, I was homeschooled when I was little. So my mum, I was rather unwell when I was little and couldn't go to school. And so mum was a really formative part of, I think, really teaching my brother and I. He also runs his own business, funnily enough, um, that we could be anything we wanted to be as long as we were prepared to put in the work. And right. that, that's been such an amazing guiding light as we've scaled Chupi over the last few years from, from that very small start into that global piece was a really strong belief in it's possible. Why shouldn't Ireland have a global luxury jewellery brand? Why shouldn't GP sit on the world stage? Yeah. And I'm not underselling. It's really bloody hard work um, building what we've built, but it's been really good fun. And um, I've, in, I've really enjoyed it. And I think the thing that held us in Dublin, my, my then boyfriend, so my husband and I are together, 22 years. So since we're kids, so since we were 16. And what has held us here is people. You know, that magic of the people we love most in the world. Most of the people we love most in the world live in Ireland. And so it's been fun building this business, celebrating the best in Ireland and the best in Irish and saying we live in Dublin where we've just uh, bought 20 minutes walk from our best friend's house. And so that's, yeah, that's oh. been a really important part of my journey as building Chupi and celebrating home. So Chupi, uh, where did you start off first in your work experience and what inspired the jewellery collection and the whole diamond journey then? 
So I was, I started my first business when I was 17. So I'm 21 years um, as an entrepreneur. And I uh, went to college, went to uni to do fashion design. Loved it. I started a little fashion label, went to college to do fashion and then got scouted by what was then Topshop, um, right. part of the Acadia group. And I have to tell people now they were once cool because mm. obviously they're, they're no longer in existence. But it was Kate oh, Moss. Oh, super was cool. Absolutely. Ah, yeah. They were Cutting edge. And certainly if you were in Ireland, it was totally cool. I was great to say Kate Moss designing for them. It was the height of excitement. So at 21, I, a Topshop scout found my collection. Gave, and I remember holding... I can still picture it holding the business card from Topshop and thinking, oh my gosh, this is, I always think about our lives, lives, there's pivots, there's moments, transformative moments in our lives where you take one path or the other and it's not necessarily one is right, right or one is wrong. Sliding doors, yeah. That, mm. Yeah, as being a transformative moment. And uh, my, I went, uh, my college were wonderful and I just decided, okay, I was going to go for it. So left uni after first year, worked for Topshop for six years, Loved it. Got to work across the UK and Ireland. They were the leaders in fast fashion at the time. Um, we manufactured everything in Ireland at that stage, but loved it. And then realized that I wasn't going to do it for the rest of my life. I was 27 and I thought, OK, I've had six amazing years. You know, I got to leave work, got to start my career much earlier than most people. I thought, OK, I want to uh, I want to do something different. And I really fell in love with fine jewellery. My, my husband um, proposed and I remember thinking jewellery is like nothing else in the world. It's a piece of the future. You know, you wear jewellery today. I wear my, I remember being given my engagement ring to almost be 11 years ago now and thinking I'm wearing something one day my daughter will wear. And breathe my daughter's too. Mm, <laughs> she didn't even mm, exist. Of it course. Was a of imagination. And I think that's such a powerful thing to get to do. So I left my role and um, really looked at jewellery, looked at the diamond, looked at diamond, looked at diamond industry, looked at gold and thought, okay, yeah, we're going to build a business that's going to make pieces of the future. I love that story and one that stood you in good stead. So tell me this much then in terms of the next, I I don't want to say five years. Long ago, we used to say, what's the plan for the next five years? But let's talk about the next 18 months. What's in in store for Chupi? I actually love the next five year question. I think it's so important to have a dream and a plan when you're planning for the future. So often we get caught in either one or the other. You're you're all in the dream. You're like, okay, this is what, but no actual plans, no steps towards it. So we always have a five-year plan for Chibi. We always know exactly where we are and where we're going. And I actually think one of the most important things I've done as I'm now CEO of Chibi is um, about making, about bringing in brilliant people. So I have an absolutely exceptional team. I have a brilliant board, a brilliant leadership team, and then a phenomenal team who deliver the business every day. And that has meant that my job and my board's job is to think about the next five years. So actually at the moment we have a beat, we're just, we've just finished our five-year plan. So really looking at what does that mean in the next five years will be that global piece. So opening our flagship store in London, um, renovating our flagship store in Dublin, looking at rolling out stores across Europe and into the US and looking at really defining for us what does success look like for us because I think that's how you get where you're going you have to know where you want to be of course and so yeah it's La- been really it's been a brilliant one laser vision which you have Chupi tell us about your flagship store in Dublin where people can find it so we are in the beautiful historic Paris Court townhouse on South William Street it's a gorgeous old building and uh, we're on we're in Paris Court we've about 1700 square feet of all the beautiful diamonds and we really wanted to so obviously I always think it's interesting when you're talking about retail 
Mm. If we talked in 2019 about a digital first retail strategy, everyone would have been like, good Lord, no, like everything needs to be physical. And you talk about in 2021, everyone was all about digital first. But actually for us, for Tupi, it's about hybrid. So mm. we're really about that omni-channel hybrid experience of being able to walk into our beautiful store in Parasport, try on a diamond, chat to our amazing team, and then equally walk into our beautiful store online on chupi.com. We do virtual appointments, augmented reality try-on. And so blending that digital and physical world, which is where we all live now. We live mm. with our phones in our hands, being able to experience both together. Okay, so I can try on a ring now after having seen it and said, oh, I actually wouldn't mind trying that other ring on, but I forgot to try that on. So I can now do that online as well. You can. So on Chupi.com, we have a beautiful try-on service. So it's, it's sort of the first steps into augmented reality. Mm. And it came out of 2020 when our clients could no longer travel to Ireland to see us. We were able, we've got a brilliant technology team and they developed an app. So it means you take a photograph of your hand and say you've got a ring you already love and you'd love to stack something else with it. You can try stacking one of our eternity oh, rings. Great or idea. maybe you want to stand, maybe you're trying an engagement ring. You've never bought your first serious ring and you can try on engagement rings. You can download the pictures you've taken, send them to your boyfriend, send them to your best friend, help save them for yourselves mm. so you can decide what you want to wear next. We're really looking at how do you deliver an amazing in-store experience from the comfort of your home? You know, I'm really um, taken aback with your commitment to, I'm not taken aback about your digital because I can see that completely, but your commitment to high street and physical presence, which is huge cost and a lot of people are going away from that now. I'm as a as a complete and utter diehard shopaholic. I'm thrilled to see your commitment to the high street. I would say you're in the minority, though. It's so McKinsey tells us that eighty percent of fine jewelry will be bought in stores by twenty twenty five. So still eighty percent of fine jewelry of diamonds and gold are going to be bought on the high street. And so we would hold a different split. We hold a fifty fifty split in terms of online and in store, but. Retail, like breathe the joy of walking into oh, a store. Oh, I know. Again. Don't tell of me about browsing, yeah. of trying on and touching and feeling and everything. Yeah, all the senses. Yeah. In Q1 this year alone, in the first 12 weeks of the year, we hosted people from 13 different countries who travelled to Ireland just to come and try on a cheapy diamond. So we had someone who came in on um, yesterday who flew in from London, bought his beautiful diamond ring, and flew out home. He was only coming to buy the ring and he wanted to do it in person. So look, we serve people who will never walk in our doors, who will never try anything on in real life. And the first time they try on their diamond ring will be in the comfort of their home. But I think the hybrid of retail, that joy of walking in store, and that's a challenge to all of us who are retailers, who love retail, is we have to offer more than just a shop. It's a gallery. It's an experience. It's the joy of walking in and making it worthwhile to visit. Actually, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's a gallery. It's definitely an experience, but the gallery, I like that, particularly for jewellery. So, Chupi, your story is strong and it's going forward. I have to commend you and the listeners won't know this, but this is all self-financing. So let's talk about the model and the business brain behind the fabulous story because very few people in your position who've got to export to 70 countries have done it all self-financing yourself. Uh, So it's 100% your business, which I think is amazing. So tell us that story and the model. I think it was really important when I started Cheapy, I can't imagine having walked into any walked into a room and saying, we're going to build a global brand. We're going to be based in Ireland. We're going to do it with ethics and sustainability at the core. And we're going to make beautiful things do you want to give me 10 million euro? Mm. I don't know how many people would have backed that business. 
I knew we could do it, which is why I backed it. So my husband and I chose to start the business knowing that we put our life savings in and knowing that if it all went wrong, we'd have to start again. But we both believed in a very strong why of why we could do it and what GP could look like. I think so often entrepreneurs are told that, you know, there's a magic money tree where someone's waiting to give you everything um, that will fund and deliver. But I actually think what's much more exciting, what's much more powerful is having to grow from cash. So we, I remember such a strong memory of selling of selling enough jewellery to be able to hire our first person of being like okay brilliant there's 500 quid a week coming in from that account we're going to be able to hire one person and from there that's how we've scaled and grown over the last few years so the business is yeah completely bootstrapped we um and there's been you know breakneck moments in that but it's been such a powerful way to grow it and it's meant that our job is community. So we have a quarter of a million fans in GP. So a quarter of a million in our community of whom over half, 55% are outside of Ireland. And our job is to serve them. Our job is to figure out what do people want? What makes them happy? How can we do it better? And because we've had to do that, it's meant that we love our community. They love us. We all know what we're doing in it together. And I think if you'd given me 10 million quid five years ago to grow this business, I'm not sure I would have spent it in the right ways. And I, whereas I know now, and actually it's really interesting because we're just at the point where we're going, we're actually, we're talking to partners and potentially looking at taking investment. And it's such a gorgeous place to be in having built this beautiful business to be considering to bring in a partner rather than bringing in one from need, but bringing in one from this incredible global opportunity we have in front of us. Super, well done. In terms of um, your staff and your talent that you've acquired, you've gone to the very, very top of the cherry tree. You've got some really big names there behind you. How did you manage to attract them? I think it's an interesting one. Founder-led businesses, um, it's so important you hire people that are better than you. You know, that's the thing. If someone, everyone in our team is better at what they do than I am. And that's been so crucial. So from very early on, I really made sure that we had, first of all, a board you can't afford. Then we brought in company directors. Uh, I brought in two co-directors. And then I really looked at building out that leadership team. So we have a phenomenal team um, recruited out of the likes of some John Rasha, Simone Rasha, Stella McCartney, TikTok. And it really means that they are the experts, you know, mm. they're exceptional what they do. I feel really lucky to work with them every single day. I feel inspired going to work. Well, they're clearly inspired by you and I'm not surprised considering they joined. Um, Tube, I think there's very little to say other than we are delighted that you're joining our panel on Tuesday, the 24th of May um, in KPMG. For anybody who hasn't registered, please do register now and listen to Chupi's amazing story and find out so much more insights on her business and sustainability and the future and the opportunities for entrepreneurialism here in Ireland. Chupi Sweetman, thank you so much for joining me. You've been an inspirational as always. I wish you every success. Thank you so much. If you found this advice helpful for your business, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify or any platform where you listen to your podcast. It's free for all and we welcome your feedback. Remember, by considering Irish businesses, you are not only sustaining local employment, but you're also playing your role in reducing the carbon footprint. If you feel your business can benefit from networking with like-minded businesses here in Ireland, contact guaranteedirish.ie for more information. 